Life, life. Oh, it's a beautiful song. That was for you because you love her and I saw that show. I don't even know what you're talking about. What? Oh, it's Tide Young. Is that what you're saying? Titan. Oh, yeah. You saw Titan. Titanic? The Titanic, honey. Titanic. Titanic. Oh, yes. I forgot. Yes. Um, I enjoyed myself. Um, it was funny. The woman... Did you ever watch the show on Netflix called Special? I did, yes. A woman from that is in it. The woman who's the kind of sociopathic boss mm. is... Do you remember her? She's tall. She always has her hair pulled back. And she's an unfeeling human being, but very, very funny. Yeah, I... Uh... They, they don't recall. I, don't rec- I can't put a face to uh, the situation. It's a character that exists in, I think, in multiple comedy shows. But she plays Generic, Celine Dion. You're saying. Um, she plays Celine Dion. Oh, interesting. So and she- I have to say, she carries the show from beginning to end. She participates in every song. She does all the best jokes. Well, I She's- love that Celine Dion is in Titanic. Yes. She's the star. That's great. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, it was like a si- it was silly, and it would have been really d- grim if it had just been like people being silly about the movie Titanic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But because it has this Celine Dion fantasy element, it was it makes it excellent. I have to say. <laughs> is this on Broadway? This is off, it's Broadway, off Broadway. Yeah, I didn't, I at the. Where at Union Square, where Fuerza Bruta used to be in residence, but so it's a black box theater. But right now it's Titanic, and at the <laughs> at the end of the show, Celine Dion, you know they they the finale is that they all sing "My Heart Will Go On." Okay, and then in the middle of the song, she's like, "So now is the time when you may turn on your phones and please record and sing along a song that you all know because you are gay." um and then she she goes thank you so much for coming to i think she like drops the bit for a second she goes thank you so much for coming to our show on the set of anything goes Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah for sure it's so good that sounds Um, delightful yeah Yeah. i like it And I certainly would not have gone if someone had not said, would you like to come? I have a ticket. I said, Do you yes, want to I'll say come. who invited you to this? My friend David Hallberg invited yeah, I, me I, to come. I saw an Instagram post and I thought, that's, that's, that's it. How did, I missed the post. Oh, what was I it? don't remember. Oh. This is like a week ago, we, right? Yeah, yeah, I sometimes really miss things on that application. <laughs> Well, that's for the best. I mean, if you were getting all the information of Instagram, that would be overwhelming. Yeah. My phone took a vacation for three days. I was scheduled to go to Apple to have it fixed, but it came back. It was just, it was just on a, on a vacation. For three days? Yeah. I loved it. I was like, great. I don't. Your phone was just like, I don't work. Yeah, it was not responding in any way. Wow. I did feel it like off? it wasn't charging. Right. Um, when it... 
after it's it stopped responding altogether, I thought, yeah, I do actually feel like I plugged this phone in and it didn't, and it just wasn't charging. Um, wow. No response. No response. I like tried texting with the person at Apple. It was absolutely insane. They asked me to like give them the the serial number from the settings. I said, again, my phone doesn't work. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? You're like, I, think, I see nothing. I think we're getting nowhere here. If you think I can access that information from my phone. <laughs> So Isn't it fun to call people? <laughs> so fun to call people on the phone. I I spent hours and hours a couple of weeks ago trying to call the IRS, Ugh. and um, at the end of the day, because I had a tax question that is oh. like very specific to the IRS, wow. and I was told to contact them and ask. So I would call, and consistently mm-hmm. after twenty minutes, I would be removed yeah. from the queue the the call would end and i'd say okay try again and at a certain point i knew the sequence of numbers that i had to mm-hmm. push mm-hmm. to like get so i could get through the initial part really fast and then i would just wait on wait for 20 minutes and get pushed off the call and then finally one day someone answered miracle and i asked them the question and they were like i don't know goodbye <laughs> hung up <laughs> I was like, wow, wow, wow. So just don't pay your taxes. Okay. Um, you must. That's what they say, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about it. Hi, Russell. <laughs> I, I just called you Russell. I said, hi, Russell. Hey, Russell. Because <laughs> I was thinking about last night when I went to see the ballet and Russell danced and then we rode the train together. Oh, that sounds great. It was great, actually. I had a very, like, feeling experience at the ballet last night. Uh, was it a, a general ballet experience? Like, oh, the ballet's great, or... No, no. What was, what was, your, no. What was your feeling? <laughs> no. I mean, no. The general experience was fine. They have a very fun art installation in the mezzanine this time. You know, they always have their, like, uh-huh. art installation. It's great. And this time it's um, some team of designers or artists from Amsterdam like and they've made, I don't know what they are. They're something. But they've done this installation where with these like lights or like, or like jellyfish. They're like umbrellas with um, like very soft, mushy fabric going on in between the forks. And then they, 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 so they're way up there and they're, they're not lit and they just look kind of like, you know, closed. And then they float down quickly and they open up and the light turns on and they're like, chill. they're like sea anemones, but just make it lights. And then they like, they do, there's many of them and they're like t- sort of to music maybe. And then they, it's really fun. They go up and down. They go up and down like parachutes. They're right. like parachutes. <laughs> I should have just said parachutes right away. Well, you didn't realize I know, I had to go through a whole thought process. Art. Yeah. Um, So that's fun, and people stand under and make videos. Okay, tell about your ballet, but I just remembered Tar. But let's put that, let's let's hold off on that. And, uh, uh, oh, yay. Ballet. We're at the ballet. What did you see? What was the the program? 
Um, so to, it's their the second night of the season. I went and they're doing all balancing this week, I guess. And the program that I saw was Donizetti Variations, starring Tyler Peck and Andrew Fayette, and they dance very nicely. And I I don't need to see Donizetti Variations. Never anymore. heard of it. That it's a dance. It's a ditty that has like that is famously has a solo for the female principal that involves like these Italian padishahs that are done kind of almost like judo jumps nowadays. Um, and it's very thrilling and, and there's one, it's fine. It's whatever. Great. (laughs) And then the second thing they did was, um, Hyfe Divertimento, which is a really interesting dance that apparently premiered in the late 40s. And then I think it was revived for Suzanne and probably changed around a lot. And then when Balanchine died, it belonged to Suzanne. It was like one of, Mm. because, you know, he divided them up amongst people. And Suzanne said, you may not have this dance to the New York City Ballet. Because she has a handful. She has a handful of dances that she's like, no. Great. Their balancing gave them to me. Um, I will dance so, them at home. Right. So I first saw Hyfe Divertimento when the Suzanne Farrell Ballet came to New York and my friend Courtney performed mm. the lead role in it. And I thought, this is tremendous. Like, what is this strange little dance? And then two seasons ago, or one, or I don't know, last season, I don't remember. They brought it to New York City Ballet, which I guess means that, like, Suzanne... Wanted some cash. Yep. And she's, her own company has stopped. Yeah. Makes sense. Someone should do it. Someone should do it. So I saw Hyfe Divertimento at New York City Ballet with Unity Phelan. And I thought, this is such a great dance. And then last night, a new person was in the lead role, which was Olivia Clark, who is a very tall woman in the corps de ballet. And she very, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. It was captivating, I will say. It was it was captivating. I would I didn't want to look away, which is great. Great. And she was dancing with Peter Walker, who's also great, and there's a really there's eight people in the core and everyone did an excellent job. It's a great dance. It's very strange. Like there are really weird repeating moments where you're like wow you're just gonna keep doing that i love it yeah um third thing they did was valse fantasy which is uh, another little romantic ditty of a dance but it's so brief that you're like oh that was nice and indiana woodward did the lead and she was so gorgeous tremendina ballerina <laughs> and then roman mejia was her partner and he was excellent as well okay second intermission the show ended with Stravinsky Violin work, Concerto, honey, work, which honey. is one of the best dances ever made. And um, the principals were also exceptional. It was Taylor Stanley and Unity Phelan and then Russell Jansen and Emily Garrity, who I've not seen in that role. And I was crying tears, big, heavy tears yeah. out of my eyeballs because Russell and Emily Garrity were so excellent. And Emily was very complicated which was so Mm. wonderful it's a sad duet it has a sad kind of like 
at times alarming feeling and then but she she was she really brought a lot and um i loved it i loved that at the ballet that's so and then you and got then, on the train with Russell. Yeah. Well then I had a nice chat with Russell's parents outside the theater. Oh, and my friend Maria Kerr from long ago was in the audience last night, strangely. She was at the show with Jeffrey Bullock. She lives in California. But she has a, a, a film in Dance on Camera Festival like you. Great. Oh my gosh. Tickets go on sale the nineteenth. That's which is today. This is Which is today. I, I yeah. I'm going online after this and buying tickets. I'm I'm still waiting to see about comps. I'm told to wait, so I, I don't know. I'm not waiting. Don't you dare <laughs> wait. Um, everyone, get your tickets. Um, so then I talked with Maria and Jeffrey Bullock, and then I talked with Russell's parents, and then we met Russell, and Russell introduced us to Adam Luters, who um, was a famous principal dancer in New York City Ballet for a long time, who had a huge repertoire, and who Russell has been compared to frequently mm. in his career because they are both very tall and sort of classically oriented, but can do all the things and have a dramatic flair and have beautiful lines or whatever they say. Um, so yes, Russell has often been compared to Adam and Adam comes here from Copenhagen sometimes and is and coaches Russell and others in the company. So Russell and the company have being have been being coached and taught by Adam for the past several weeks. I see, I see. Yes. Great. Um and Adam was wearing a fierce little leopard jacket and I thought that's fierce. Work, <laughs> honey. So that's the ballet. Um now the show turns to movies and stuff. <laughs> okay, so um uh, tar. I forgot. I mean, I forgot. Uh, I what? What did you think of this movie? What What did you think this movie was? What is this movie? Mm. So I had a sense that this movie, I knew it was about a conductor, and I knew it sort of like was so. It, it sort of towed the line almost between like biopic and just like fantasy movie except in the last third when it turns into I didn't know it turned into like a horror movie but I know I did know that it turned into like a cancel your cancel uh, kind of movie so I knew that but spoilers spoilers know, <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk please. about this movie if you haven't um, seen it don't uh, right because <laughs> when I first saw a trailer for this movie I thought oh, I wonder who is the conductor this movie's based on. Because it just looked like one of those movies where they're like, we're telling the story of a famous, you know, like, trailblazer. Uh-huh. Um, but as it turned out, it's more just Kate Blanchett chewing the scenery to the max, as she always does. Yeah. And um, She's like, I of, will eat this movie if it, if it survives. It's a miracle. If this movie survives my schmacting... <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Um, but that is a given when you see Kate Blanchett's name on the Marquette. This you is, know you're this going is, in. This is like uh, bad directing. Y- yes, it's bad acting, but this is what Kate Blanchett does. So if you're going to cast her, this is what's happening. 
It's why, like, it works in certain movies, and it's tremendous. But if you're going right. to cast Kate Blanchett in a movie, you have to be making that kind of movie. Otherwise, right. this is what you get. A bad movie. Yeah. I didn't think it was a bad movie. That's what we'll disagree. I think, like, the strength of the other performers and the, and the like, art direction and the cinematography, etc., make it, like, a good movie. But you're right, no. yes. They made a bad choice of actress. <laughs> this is, like, season five or whatever of House of Cards. This movie is House you're, of Cards. The way that you are now viewing... I, I, I'm not sophisticated enough to view movies in the way that you do because as far as I, I was like, this movie's beautiful. Well, in the way that Netflix... Netflix makes these shows. Like... I never saw House of Cards. Like, House of Cards or The Crown. Like, every shot is, like, no. beautifully lit. It's, like, <laughs> great. Like, thank you. But it isn't telling the story. It's just but this, another it's this shot. this movie sort of, like... I would say visually, it moves between these very, like, curated shots, but in, 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 like, very particular kind of lighting. But then also to these shots of, like, very harsh kind of the reality of, like, being outside in Germany and the reality of, like, being on a fluorescent lit airplane. And, you know, like, it, I don't, I don't find it to be television lighting because, like, The Crown and House of Cards well, this are, is, like... this is part of what the house of cards this is what the universe of these netflix is is that it brought like cinematic quality to tv okay so like that was that's a that's a that was a big success when that happened but it reminds me mm. of of uh paul thomas anderson talking about making uh that phantom thread and being like we do not want this to look like the crown not because, like, the crown <laughs> looks bad. It's because, like, it's a set. It's, like, a very professional, very professionally right, shot. Right, right, right. Well, I, I don't, I, I would never make that connection. To, it I doesn't mean, look like the crown to me. I mean, it looks, it's, it's, I was like, this. oh, this movie's about, like, architecture. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, so a big, concrete a apartment, like, you know, this is the story we're telling. Like, beautiful, right. like theater spaces whatever yeah her office her very like windowless austere office like brutalist what have you um yeah Yeah. i thought in that in that way it's like it has a very specific point of view architecturally and that makes me feel like oh like you this person has specificity which feels like yeah filmmaking it felt dated Okay. <laughs> you know, it felt like, oh, this was, this is how people were making things 15 years ago. And that was like a, that was important. It was like an important shift. Now it feels like, right. it's why I keep thinking of like Yorgos and like the, the weirdness of the shots in The Favorite, like using like a fisheye lens to do something. Like, it's like, we are beyond like this kind of straightforward professional like it's kind of like humanless. It's just like professional shots that mm. like aren't really telling us anything. It's why I'm like, is this movie really just about this like bitch? Like, th- like, and that is like what it feels like. This character, this character is so two dimensional. I'm like, yeah, we get who this person is, 
after they've given this insane speech at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Well, there's every speech she makes. You're like, oh. And now she's sort of haunted. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was just like, oh, this is Kate Blanchett as Bob Dylan. This is Kate Blanchett as Carol. It's like the same character. You're like, okay, it is, Kate Blanchett. There's this like moment. Look, I enjoyed the film. I thought the performances of all the other actresses in the movie were excellent. And I don't go into a Kate Blanchett movie expecting not Kate Blanchett. Yeah, right? you, so. I mean, everyone should know this. At it's, this it's, point, it's the, it's the mismatch with the kind of film. And this right. is also you know, this is also where like the camera work, it's not, it's not in it's not in the same movie as she, that she's in. So you're like, this isn't supporting this movie. I see. I mean, Kate Blanchett is pretty. Uh, you're right. She's pretty alone. I also thought the um, the portrait of a what is that movie called? Of a lady on fire. Of a lady on fire. That actress was also in Kate Blanchett's movie movie. I actually thought the men uh, were really good in this movie, which is the, weird. Like the who were the, the non actor New Yorker writer from the beginning? I thought was excellent. From the interview um, on stage. oh the interview he was great. We're like I the like aspiring conductor rich guy like act like that, which is not stage acting. Well, that was so. That's what made that scene so surreal. Is that mm-hmm. you had the interviewer being like. This is real life. And then you had Kate Blanchett like Rehear- trying rehearsed. so hard, working so hard to like do to seem off the cuff whilst also making it into like, like camp. Every placement of your hand is rehearsed. What are we doing? It was that was the beginning of me being like, oh, this is crazy that it's Kate Blanchett in this movie. <laughs> And then we, I mean, from there, they go into the, like, the student scene, which is, like, another thing about the camp, it's, like, a kind of pretentious quality of, like, well, we're going to have this be, like, a long, single shot. Right. You know? Well, I could, I could, there's the thing about that scene is, like, I could, there are people, I think, in these classical vernaculars who do, um, what's that word? who do go on in that way about, thank you. I was like, pomp. Pompous. Thank you. Who do pontificate in that way. And so I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's a through line of the movie where you're like, this isn't, this is, this is real life. And that's. Well, it's not out of the realm of reality in terms of the content that this person is delivering. I'm like, well, there are people out there who really do believe this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, but the somehow the choreography of that scene in the little like Juilliard studio theater, which it, I don't think it was, but like I don't think any of these spaces yeah. were the spaces that they are, but they you know they looked great. Yeah. Um, um, the choreography of that scene was a little outrageous. Well, it's also this this like uh, ext- yeah, more extended horizontal frame. It's like it's a torture like. Watching it, you're like, oh, they're trying to figure out how to use this ridiculous frame for this material. Like, hmm. it, and it just ends up with, like, absurd shots where they're just trying to, like, get stuff. There's a scene where she sits up in bed. 
and you're like, this is, this doesn't make any sense, but like, you know, this is the shot. And even the titles at the beginning, I was like, okay, so we're doing like a year at the end at the beginning. I was like, have we, okay. Also this movie, have we seen the piano teacher? Like Um, this is an excellent movie. Oh, I see. (laughs) I see. Well, the brutality of the piano teacher it is occasionally present in this film. Well, but this is this is yeah. The, this movie picks up little little ideas from other movies. It do, and doesn't do doesn't have the force of any of them. So there's like right. there's some sense of like a uh, black swan. There's some piano teacher quality. It's right. Like I wonder what Isabelle Huppert would have done with this movie. She would have Wouldn't done that have been interesting. What she always a does, which is like nothing, and it's riveting. Right. It's, it, like think of of uh, uh, <laughs> what that show must have been that they did together on stage. Isabelle Huppert like oh, sitting there. Right. Wait. Did they do the maids? <laughs> they did the maids together. Like. Right. I mean, Isabelle is. You know, they're kind of opposites. Like, I, yeah, Blanche is incredible on stage because she's a stage actress essentially. And Isabel Rupert on stage is awful because she, <laughs> it's like her ability to do subtle things on screen is what her, like, that's the power. So, mm-hmm. and somehow Kate Blanchett, it just has worked enough for her on screen where now that's like all she does. She's like, great. Just I know, I, I, it's so funny, like, there's something in my mind that's like, Kate Blanchett is important, but then I'm like, I, I, I have enjoyed watching Kate Blanchett on camera in films, but it's only when the role is that thing. Yeah, it's exactly. like, very exaggerated, like, um broad kind of role like the first time I saw Kate Blanchett was the talented Mr. Ripley Mm -hmm. and I was like what a revelation who is Mm -hmm. this person she is so tremendous but she also is on the edge there you know like that movie does hold like can hold it but it's yeah it's pretty close to tipping into into something else well yeah but that's why like her performance in that movie is like stand up so memorable yeah. because, well, I mean, look, everyone in that movie Incredible. is giving everything. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jude Law, Matt Damon, they're all giving, giving, giving. Mm-hmm. Even like that guy who's the British boyfriend at the end, Peter Smith Kingsley, you know, mm-hmm. like they're all doing like something great, but she is doing theater. <laughs> well, and that's the character. It's this like kind of like... uh over-the-top, rich, kind of, like, performative. Uh, you know, it's like, she, it's it, it's similar to in Carol, where it's like, it's in situations where the characters are playing a role themselves. So, like, in this, in order for this it to have worked, she would have had to, like, I was like, the next scene should have been her, like, practicing <laughs> the speech she just gave on stage. You know, it's sort oh, of, totally. like, needed for her to be acting like that it was, it needed to be a character who's acting. Yeah. Because I mean, think about that. This is a, this is fun. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work in terms of, in terms of period. But the character Kate Blanchett plays in the talented Mr. Ripley. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> is Carol, but just like a little, you know, 20 years down the road. Yeah, absolutely. But, and I mean, oh, I love thinking of those as Carol is the sequel to the talented <laughs> Mr. Ripley. That's really good. <laughs> but it also takes place like, you know, 10 years before the talented Mr. Ripley. Well, now I'm also thinking of, of Kate Blanchett and Corsage. Like, what is that? Like, it kind of works. It's a very different movie. Well, the, but there's, there's, there's very little talking in Corsage, which would help. It's mm, true. Well, Then maybe. she could just, like, do all of her facial <laughs> facial work. Broadcast every, every feeling, yeah. thought and feeling. I also, the, the fashions in this movie were great. I thought that she looked great all the time. Well, she's she's um, she's giving a, a Annie Leibovitz hair. Yeah, very that. Uh, like the the bagginess of the pant. Um, it's yeah, all she was you know hip. lesbian. Uh, I do. I will say. Oh well, Ava, I loved when she completely lost her mind and pushed that guy off the podium at the end. <laughs> yeah, that was a surprise. <laughs> yeah, it was. To have her standing next to the horn player doing the like choreography of him playing, right? You, know, you don't know outside. if someone's conducting or not at that point, right? You're like, oh, maybe this is the shtick they're doing for the show. I find it a little like unbelievable, but you know, well, that she, like that she would be a lot like if she's not conducting, that she'd be like a lot, as if there's like no one around. Like right. she just, I like, mean, it was <laughs> this, is there. This whole thing was a little bit fantastical. Um, and then I do have to say I was uh, that that the she end. the end really well, got I was like when wow she goes to her family home I was like oh, go yeah. to Russia Jack's like go to China you know it's like so that aspect made sense and the fact the that Comic-Con they like aspects. absolute oh my god they trolled her at the end they were like guess what not only are you now in thailand or whatever but you are playing like the soundtrack to video games yeah i thought it was gonna be and i don't remember what the projection is that what the project what was the projection i was like oh it's gonna be like a you know a a a score to a movie yeah it was that's i mean that's what was going score to something you know something yeah they have the comic-con audience which for me i was like well this is Kind of the most interesting. I mean, okay, can we, we? I think we need to talk about the scene where she plays the, uh, what is she playing? An accordion. Uh huh. Wait. In her apartment. When? After the neighbors are like, "Can you be quiet?" Oh yeah, and she's like, "Come on!" She, yeah, yeah, that yeah. scene was. She's mad. So over the top, theater. Well, I was like, yes. But you know, she has nowhere to go really because she's overacting the whole time. Right. I I just felt like most of the scenes from this movie could be deleted without any change to the movie. Oh, wait, I have a question. <laughs> I have a question. What's your question? When the movie starts to tilt into horror, when she drops the cellist off at the apartment and then she, she goes in... She chased by a dog. Right, but, like, what... What are we meant to glean from the cellist living there? Like, what's going on? I don't know. I mean... And does she live there? Or was she, it all I mean, just... Like, 
I mean, who and cares? At, at what point are the cellist and portrait of a lady on fire in cahoots? Like, when does that start? Are they in cahoots from the be- like right away? Or are they only in cahoots right. from when Kate Blanchett says you can't have the job? Well, I mean, it's also this aspect of like everyone's just trying to get what they want. You know, right. so like I sort of assumed that once the the drop, you know, she got her role and now the Kate Blanchett character is in trouble. So she's going to like stay as far away as, as she can while maintaining this position. But um, I, 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 I mean, basically, I, who cares? <laughs> like. <laughs> the uh, the plot like whatever i i felt the way they handled revealing certain things was really interesting there was like a mystery to how things played out i was like okay she's gonna get canceled because there's this whole mystery about this young woman who's stalking or like who's but when, I feel like that's sort of clouded plot wise by the incident with the students because you're kind of like well, she'd be canceled for that. Right. Like, those things are all happening. I think it was the confluence of a number of things that, like, they w- they wouldn't be able to salvage her reputation. It was like, oh, you have to leave the continent. I think it would have been know? more interesting if if we had just gone with, the, with this, like, affair, uh, whatever happened with this other girl. And... and Right. had like a deeper relationship with that there was also I had other questions I like I almost wish there was some like you know orchestra music person who could help us with this but the part when she's like you know we're gonna do um, the Elgar cello concerto and then the principal cellist assumes that she's gonna get to do it mm-hmm. but then she's like but but wait we're going to hold auditions because like, I want my girlfriend to do it. Right. (laughs) And then, but then the principal cellist doesn't even audition for the part. Does she not audition for it out of principle? I think the plan was to have no one audition. Right. Right. Like as if nobody would have the gall to show up and like participate in this charade. There ended up being the two people auditioning. So I don't know. I don't know. That's, um, I thought it was I odd. Care. I mean, whatever. I mean, even like the the falseness of like that she that girl shouldn't have even been eligible. So why was she even auditioning? Why was she right. allowed to audition? Like right. Okay. Um, I don't know. It was all very. Con- I thought that was confusing. I'm like, why? Why not just make the story that this character is in the orchestra or like she got the job or, you know, like, why does it, why do we have to then add in this element of like, she has a, They needed some way for her to like get tutored though. You know, that like intimacy of that dynamic, but they could have built it on something else. You know, they had that like lunch together, but even that was like, what are we doing here? Right. Um, I did like watching the Russian girl eat. Yeah, I did too. I and I loved her like disinterest and totally. Her like cat, oh, my friend or whatever. It's like, uh, uh-huh, it's great. Um 
Um, yeah. Uh, another movie. It makes me want to revisit, or it makes me want to and not re- not want to revisit the, the other movies by this director. But I partly feel like this, that he hasn't made a movie in a long time. And so I, it makes me feel like, oh, you missed the, you missed the fact that like we've moved beyond this kind of photography. Huh. But uh, those are the things I'm not sensitive to that right now, uh, but I'm learning. I'm lighting. Yeah, I mean, um, so oh, what? Oh, I, we're excited. Want, excited to see the movie EO, the donkey, the donkey. I don't know anything about it, but we've watched some of that. Di- this director uh, has movies on Criterion from like the 70s or something, and we watched a few, and they are bizarre uh Hmm. so that's exciting i don't know anything about this movie but it's i am curious like to see a movie by that director or some like 50 years later Um, what other things have they directed i don't know we watched this movie called shout um Hmm. it's they're they're crazy i've heard very good things about the donkey um I haven't, but Jack has, and um, yeah, I like you, not knowing heard, anything about it. So. Oh yeah, okay. So I'll watch Donkey, and then what other movies are there that should be? I haven't still. I've not yet seen Everywhere, Everyone. I either. Because we um, watched Tar. That was our. Right. Just movie experience. And then who? What other movies just won some awards that maybe we should consider looking at? Like, mm-hmm. Austin Butler won an award for Elvis movie, didn't we? I thought about watching that on a plane, but I, I couldn't muster the courage. Uh, yeah, it's not good. But it's not bad. It's not Look, bad. I, I barely I liked Moulin it, Rouge, and I've since never enjoyed a Baz Luhrmann movie, so. Yeah, so that's what it is. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but, I mean... I think his performance was probably worthy of an award. I don't know. I don't really remember. Um, <clears throat> I've been re-watching uh, We Are Who We Are on HBO, the Luca Guadagnino series. It's oh, so excellent. Uh-huh. With um, Chloe? Uh-huh. She's not my favorite part, certainly, but... Um, the kids are your favorite. It's really... It's, I think it's a really excellently made series so okay i'll have to i only watched one episode i mean yeah i'm sure these people drive you crazy mm. because they're it's a lot of like they're me- teenage they're messy acting bad yeah the, well, I mean, the main character i like, also i struggle with people making bad choices it's it makes mainly me what this show is because they're teenagers yeah. and that's i know what they Teens do are scary they're so scary yeah but that. I love Euphoria, and that's just only teens making bad choices, but it's also, like, style, style, style. Yeah, this is... I, do, I, 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 I kind of think this is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, they're different. They're different styles. It's like, I love how much time, 
Luca takes and there's so much kind of looking dynamics played out through the camera work that's really fascinating um euphoria is incredible uh but is is kind of more like fashion i'm mm -hmm. just talking like in terms of like camera and production it's no like it's like very, a music like, video yeah music video fashion kind of like trying to be cool i think we are who we are is more sensitively creative creative yeah um, well yeah. euphoria is ultimately like <laughs> a fairy tale a, a very scary <laughs> very yeah scary i think high they're, they're similar tale. in that way that they're they're oh, they're okay. trying to tell a kind of uh story beyond the specifics of what they're saying but um, yeah, mm. yeah, I, mean, I, um, I think worth checking out, and that's that's been around for I don't know, some time. So, okay. if you haven't seen it, I, I do think it's worth watching. But um, what else? Well, I finished something terrible. It was a thing that I, you know, something you have on in the background. But I finished the Willow series uh -huh. on Disney uh -huh. Plus. I hated it. Watched it all. I really hated it. It couldn't have been more stupid. Um, and the most interesting thing about it is that Warwick Davis, who plays Willow, is like phoning in the performance to a remarkable extent because I'm like, okay, so you were a way better actor when you were a teenager, or you're just not bothering. Mm -hmm. You can't be bothered mm -hmm. to like try to be Willow. Um, yeah. And then everyone else cast in the show are teenagers from right now, this very minute, mm -hmm. who were not prompted that they were going to show up on set for, like, fantasy the past. Uh -huh. You know, like... Uh -huh. So it's like watching Gossip Girl? Yes. <laughs> it's Gossip Girl with magic wands, and oh, they no. literally, like, the way that they speak is full Gossip Girl. It's so mm -hmm. stupid. It's, well, yeah. I'm like, Sabrina, you do know that they kind of like, but will I? Right. This, yeah. this choice to have them speak this way takes us out of the fantasy a hundred percent. Right. So. Right. It, yeah. It's sort of like, why even, why bother? We're just using Willow to get a few like older viewers. Right. Like why spend the money on like a, a leather corset with like strapping and stuff if they're going to open their mouth and talk like mm, that? Just put on a t-shirt. I mean, it makes no sense. Totally. They should put on absolute jeans. Jeans. Um, jeans change dines. Um, what else is... Oh, and I started watching something that I... I almost hate to ask you to look at it because it is so peculiar and you might, abs you might hate it. Okay. I'm watching it because I am so tripped out by it. Mm. Where at times... I, I'm asking myself, like, is this a reality show? Like, oh. television show? Okay. okay. <laughs> but it's called The Makanai, and it's on Netflix, and it's about these two teenage girls who leave home um, to go train in Kyoto to be, um, like, they're not called geishas, but like Genko or something. Geiko? Geiko. Okay. And they, they in, you know, 
in yeah, either Geico insurance in contemporary. I've been learning because like you kind of just have to learn as you go because they don't give you any explanation yeah. at the beginning because you're like, That's what nice. is happening? And you're like, is it the present? Is it the past? What's going on? But apparently in Kyoto, they still have mm. like houses where you go and train as a young woman to learn the ways. Everything's of, like, like kind of costumed and old timey, but it's not old time. Right. Yeah, it's, that's nice. But so so they're in this house and they're learning how to do the dances and and this the music things and like how to. Um, I guess basically the gig is that you give these very expensive performances to like men who are dining and you kind of like, it's like not, a, it's not sexual, but it is, you know, it is. Uh-huh. It's women for men. It's women for men. And it's like very fancy in service of the men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a series. <clears throat> this is a series. Okay. And on so on Netflix. So when the two young women arrive, they like start the kind of like apprenticeship, which means that, you know, they're taking the classes and they also like are sleeping in bunk beds and it's all, and you know, there's like the hierarchy in the house and, but it's really like at points you're like, is this just real? Like, <laughs> Interesting. is this a show? I hope it like, turns into like Kill Bill. It's definitely not going to. Like, truly nothing happens. It's like really slow. The point of the show is that one of the young women is at a certain point like told you're you're not gonna make it. Like Mm. you're you're like not coordinated enough. Like this isn't the right path for you. But in like a very kind way. Like it's everything's so kind. And and um but on that same day, like, the person who is designated to cook for the House of Young Women, who's this older woman, she's having some back issues, so she's not there. And so after a while of her not being there, all of the young ladies at the house are like, oh, we're so, like, hungry to eat real food, and all we've been eating is, like, instant noodles, and I'm so sad. And then um, the girl who's getting kicked out of the house is like, well, I can cook the meal. Like, I, my grandmother, like, taught me well to cook. And she cooks them a meal, and everybody's like, oh, my God. And then they make her into the new house cook because the old house cook wants to retire anyways. So then the whole show is just these incredibly long shots of her, like, blanching wow. tomatoes. It's okay. so weird. Sounds amazing. Slow TV. It's very slow TV. And you're like, there's these sort of little plot points. Like, the way that it like jumps from thing to thing is just like so reality television. You're just like, okay, so now we're over here. Oh, oh, oh now we're over okay. here. I'll, I'll check it out. I think I've seen, I think I saw promos for this. Um, okay. Interesting. We went and yeah. visited uh, Gary Graham. Oh my over God. In Franklin, New York. And it was did you... so lovely. I love that. Uh, it, was, it was the best. I mean, it's like two and a half hours away. Does Jack know Gary? Yeah. Oh, why? Um, and New York. Oh, um, never met the guy. Never met the guy. So great. And his partner uh, is this, his name's Sean Scherer. And is like a vintage <laughs> antique, uh, not vintage, and like antique interiors person. So he'd have to be, wouldn't he? 
Would have to be. Absolutely. He would absolutely... To be the partner of Gary Graham, yeah. have, you'd have to be exactly that. Yeah. You did, what you just said. designed Anderson Cooper's house, I guess. Um, oh, the gay mafia strikes again. so great. Um, and, you know, the driving through the Catskills was insane. Um... It was great. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Did you get to look at some dresses? Saw beautiful things. Jack got beautiful things. Oh, uh, for free or for bought? for discount? Love a discount. Um, yeah, love it was great, a discount. Great. They they um, uh, have this former bank building on the main street, and it's wild. It's really great. Mm-hmm. So wow, I want, I want that. Yeah, I would have felt. Really depressed if we had gone there before moving upstate, because it's very <laughs> kind of fantasy upstate. So, oh. uh, but that well, was maybe one point. day you can have an old bank. No, I don't need an old bank, but you know, oh, maybe to like just live in a church. little apartment that you rent and then like have the rest see be... people living like that it would have been really. Oh, I see what you mean. 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 But, you know, Gary Um, also, like, they both can kind of live there, you know, and still have their their lives work, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Gary's, like, that's online, basically, you know? You don't have a store. Is is the business for either of them in this bank structure? Yeah, I mean, there's a store that's, like, the ground floor, but it's closed, like... You know, in the off season, which is like December Forever. to or like November to <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. <laughs> November to June. Me, yeah, um, from July to June, it's closed. Basically. So, so you know, it's it's uh, online. Yeah. All right. So love that, but love that for them. Yeah. Um. What else? There was something. Have you else. all gotten your tickets? Have you gotten your tickets to dance and everybody? <laughs> no. Not you. Them. But what is what's I will get you a ticket. In, indeed, it's happening. Indeed. It's indeed. Mar- but March? March second previews wow, begin that's March nineteenth. So March nineteenth, the show opens on Broadway wow. at the Music Box wow. Theater. Broadway. I'm a Broadway, Broadway baby. Broadway. That's so exciting. Um, yeah, you gotta get you guys. <gasps> oh, that's what I you gotta come to the show. So I finally made Alison Roman's chickpea stew thing. Okay, the stew or whatever. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, two cans of coconut milk. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah, well, it's not also not as good, <clears throat> not as good as the dilly beans do. I think that's true. I did really like it, but I it's I was it's like good. turmeric. I could I could drink like coconut milk with turmeric. It's like that's delicious. So, um, so I actually am thinking about making like a version without coconut milk and seeing, you know, like an like a yeah a version. All right. See how it um, goes. I don't know what the like health situation with a like, full fat coconut milk is, but well, it's lots delicious. of lots of it's fat, fattening. Full, but I I, I wonder. I don't know. I wonder about it's coconut fat. Like I mean, I actually don't. I don't. I don't care. I, I mean, I'll I'll eat it and if I eat it. Yeah, um, no, I'm not. I mean, 
it's sort of, uh, it doesn't make a big difference, but, um. I feel like it's, like, raining, snowing outside, but maybe it's just raining. It's not doing anything here, it's just, you know, the kind of, like, flat January feeling. Yeah, quite that. Quite. But I have, I have, like, been watching these Molly Boz videos, and I really, I like her, her tall friend. I think he's nice. Oh, he he's seems lovely, genuine. Isn't he? <laughs> I to know. To an extent they that mean, she well, like is surprised by things he says because he actually means them. And then yeah, you see wait. her like black shadow of a person husband come through. Oh yeah. And just, wait, like, did you darken everything? Is, did they do the tuna melt together, or they mm-hmm. did something else together? I guess, yeah, they. Yeah, the tuna melt I feel like- and. She has a couple tall guy I mean, her, also her brother is so hot. It's crazy. He's really hot. But she has the one tall guy friend who wears the apron yes, with her. He's like, I'm, I'm fine about. to wear that. He's lovely. And he like has good kitchen skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a different guy, like a blonde guy that made the tuna melt with her. And, but the tuna melt looked so delicious. I. Oh yeah, maybe you're my, right. I'm yes, salivating. I think you're right because the cheese was cut thicker than she wanted it to be. But then it worked out and she said, yeah, this is yeah. the best tuna melt tuna I've ever had. Um, yeah, I, I want the tuna melt. I want I, that. I, the idea of that cheese, I don't think I've ever had a tuna melt and the cheese oh. tuna thing is confusing. I know, it's a hard psychologically, but once you... <laughs> just pass I believe it over that but I don't believe it I know I used to not like when I first went to boarding school Mm -hmm. that was the first time I came into contact with a tuna melt and I was like are you crazy I was like we put cheese on tuna fish what are you crazy (laughs) and then some years later I gave in and like I was presented with a tuna melt and I thought that's not very good, but I did eventually encounter good tuna melts mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, this can be excellent. Yeah. Okay. It's just sort of like how sometimes there's tuna it. in pasta and it's like Parmesan cheese and stuff. Yum. Mm-hmm. She made, I think, it, I think she made the orzo with him maybe. Yeah, probably. Or maybe not. Um, I don't know. But, um, I also, you know, someone in that episode says like, what's, is or what is orzo and i too pasta. did not immediately think pasta and i don't so it's an uh, interesting thing about orzo is it being con- i've had the i've had the thought i definitely had that else. question yeah i don't where you're like is it a why, grain why if that happens because it, it looks like a grain is that what it is absolutely <laughs> it's so small that you're like this is a grain it's rice and then you're like wait this is man you man-made <laughs> yeah I mean, grains are essentially like so processed when by the time they're in a bag that they're kind of man-made. But yeah. I mean, orzo is literally like dough that's been right. made into teeny tiny yeah. little rice, rice, rices. Yeah, but yeah, Molly, Molly does have a way of like making food where you're like, I want some. Can I have some? Yeah, I do. Did you did you believe that it is? All tastes good. Did you watch her Big Shells video? I didn't watch that one yet. Oh, it also looks very delicious. It's like escarole and Big Shells and then parm and then mozzarella. It just looked... It's Molly basically being like, 
I think that baked pasta dishes are too much effort. So here's kind of like a, the idea oh, without having to put it God. in the oven. Did you watch the potatoes with whipped cream? Wait. Oh, is this mashed potatoes? She makes. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. It's, it's baked. I feel like it's, I've, it's mashed potatoes, but it's baked. I've seen them all. So yes, but, but I can't she recall folds that one. in whipped cream. To her mashed she's potatoes. Not, Molly's not kidding around. She's not you know? joking. Well, it's a Thanksgiving, you know, the, the joke of that episode yeah. is like, how far is too far? Right. Um, but, Molly you know, at the same time, really it's like, go. if people put, you know, you put cream into things, might as well whip it totally. and add some body. You have to. So you it's not, to. it seems insane, but it's not as insane as it seems. Did I one time bring a Victoria sponge to your house, like a one of those British cakes for a, some kind of festivity? Yeah, or you can make one here. No, no, but I think the question is, did I in the past? Oh. Uh, I believe I did. I don't know. I believe. Anyways, I'm trying to figure out what recipe. Anyways, I'm going to make one. Oh, and I've been watching time. all of these Claire Saffets. Like, she made croissants. She made challah bread. Wow. Oh, at the New York Times. I love all of it. I love it all. Those are great films. She's so good. I'm just like, you're the best. You're the best one. I know. And the way that she'll like take those videos, take the time in those videos to like really explain show the, the primary thing and then show the ways in which you can kind of mm-hmm. like deviate mm-hmm. to make several things. Right. It's wonderful. And she makes th- food that looks so incredible. She really explains what's happening. I really yes. appreciate that. She's Thank you a, so much. She's fastidious. She's a curious learner. She went to Harvard, so she knows how to learn. <laughs> let's let's not get carried away. Okay. Harvard okay. isn't well, this like, you know. Harvard. She went to Harvard, so equals ambitious. Ambitious. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I feel like you have to have some like ambition to want or, or to A of all money. get in and B of oh, well that too. Yeah. Privilege. <laughs> privilege um wait i feel like is there anything else i needed to tell you oh we never talked about Rat- the ratmansky thing i think all right on the pod at least um uh, hot hot take luck- well lucky guy you know he i mean not lucky he's so talented and has um made such a vast contribution to 21st century ballet in not only in terms of making um, new works through his like very historied kind of background in ballet, but because he, he has like a very rich and broad experience in ballet that like moves through many different cultures and vernaculars and so he's offering something that speaks to ballet as a whole um and his curiosity and dedication to ballet history is also helpful for us to like see where it comes from um and he's just really good at it. He's really good at these um, remountings. I mean, I think Sleeping Beauty for all of us has been like one of the most thrilling Heaven. 
ballet events wow. of you know in recent memory. Um, um, but what about this this uh, move from ABT to New York City? Yeah. Park? Oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to give compliments. <laughs> to that um, I'll just take this opportunity. Yeah, I'm sorry. Support. I I'm sorry. I don't know why I did that. So he he did not re-sign with ABT. I don't know what they were offering him if they wanted him to continue I see. So on. So it was but... like the end of the contract. <clears throat> yeah. He completed his resident choreographer contract at American Ballet Theater. And I think he probably chose to not go on mm-hmm. because he probably already knew, this is a guess, he probably already knew that the powers that be at New York City Ballet were like, can you please come back or come here? Because, you know, he's made a handful of dances for New York City Ballet, all of which have, like, um, gone very well. I think he really likes working with those dancers, and I think his contributions, like, the way in which he makes dances at New York City Ballet is very different than the way in which he had been making dances at American Ballet Theater, and I think he just wants to kind of scratch that itch for a while, Mm -hmm. and he has the extreme privilege of being able to just sort of cross the plaza. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, there's a bit of a tradition, you know, there as well is there yeah of people moving from one to the other in a in a shift of shift of desires i guess right yeah but rarely do we i mean we've seen that with dancers we've seen that with um dancers yeah i mean you rare you don't really see it a lot in terms of like choreographers but i think that really speaks to how um open he is in terms of his uh practice i think because he's like so willing to try things um in many different kind of ballet vernaculars i think it makes him extremely useful in in Mm -hmm. no matter like what company he's kind of working with he understands like how to exploit or how to right, right. work with how, yeah exploit the gifts of the people that he's working with it exploits a bad word yeah. but you know it's, it works it works that's true that's true um so yeah i've i mean look he made great things at abt he's made great things in new york city ballet and it's i think it's you know whatever i mean it's kind of like he was gonna be he was making dances at new york city ballet and abt right even before. Yeah. So it's sort of like, okay, so here it we go. Seems, it seems sort of unclear what it means. Right. Uh, it's not like ABT is going to stop performing his ballets. Right. It also probably doesn't mean that AB, that he won't be making ballets for ABT either. Right. Like, it's, I think if an opportunity comes up. It feels more up, like, oh, I'm going to move to this other apartment. Totally. <laughs> I'm going to start getting paid by someone else in a different, you know, because like, right. I'm sure at these organizations he's on a salary. Like there's a guarantee of like a mm-hmm. very specific amount of money per year. And yeah, that's salary. something that you, yeah, you, <laughs> right. The, a thing I've never had. Um, mm. No, I, I, when I was a ballet dancer, I had a salary. Can you imagine? Salary. Um, and so, you know, that it's very useful to have that kind of a structure yeah. when you're a freelance choreographer to be like, well, it, I can do whatever I want because I know I have this mm. foundation. I mean, look, Alexei Rotmansky is not scrounging for money. Yeah. He's fine. He's doing well, I'm sure. Um, 
you can literally New York City Ballot, all these companies are not for profits. You can go online and see exactly how much everybody's making if you want to. Rick. Do you know not how much? For profit. Jeremy? Do I know what? Do you know the kinds of salaries these people have at the ballet? No, but we could post it on Instagram. You absolutely could. Or you just set, put a link. <laughs> link to money. Um, I do know because I last spring started doing some research into why it is that uh, you don't I, get paid money. There you go. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Um, some people get paid some people don't right and those were my findings my research brought me to the fact that some people get paid and some people get paid a whole lot less um and 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 them's the them's the something i don't know yeah um but anyways we 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 work uh what else can I tell you? I don't know, Jeremy. I thought we talked about a lot. We talked about so much, and it's been an hour. Okay, you're welcome, everybody. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay. God. But, you know, I've, I like to talk to you. I love to talk to you. And we do, Thank now you. we're doing it every week. We do. It's something I look forward to. Yeah, it's so nice. Isn't that nice? It's so nice. It's really nice. Um, I listened, I'm still listening to James's podcast. Oh, I, I did think of it the other day and I thought, I wonder if there's another episode, but that's as far as I got. So There's a second episode. And who is our esteemed guest? It's a friend of James who I've met. His name is Jim. I don't recall his last name, but he's a kind of jack of all trades. Like he's worked in interior design and in um, theatrical wow. libretto writing and stuff. Breaking so like news. Very... Alec Baldwin, I think that said that they're being charged with involuntary manslaughter. Are you serious? Uh, but I guess that's what it know. is. We're not a, it? This is not a news network, and it came up and it went away. Oh, that makes me sad. That seems kind of insane. God, what a... Ch- wow. Oof. I don't know how, like, justice is meant to work in situations where something is an accident, so I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It seems a bit... Uh, like, what... What what is the takeaway? Like who? I mean, I guess right, like justice why? for this this person, and but really, is that does that seem does that seem like justice? But like, no. Uh, well, what I mean, yeah. look, not up to the, us, who, I guess. whoever. Yeah, the the people who are responsible for that gun, like having being real and having a bullet, like whoever's responsible for that. They need to pay up. They they are the parties responsible. But taking someone else's like freedom, like I I just don't I don't I don't I don't know how you right. pay that back. Like I don't I go don't help the family. <laughs> like sentence to helping this family. I like I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. Anyway sidetracked by the by the breaking news um 
I don't I don't think like increasing the misery of the world is 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 necessarily the right direction. Well, but. is this George Santos going to get fired? I mean, what is going on? I mean, obviously yeah, they're I going mean, to be making like a, a Ryan Murphy series this about story him very about, shortly, like, but stealing the dog money from this, this military there's, Literally every single day, yeah, there's some absolutely clown story that comes out about him. I'm like, this person cannot have this job still. Look, if Lydia Tarr got fired, this guy's got to get fired. It's it's crazy. It's all crazy. It's it's uh, it continues to be crazy. It's always been crazy. It got really crazy for for a while there, um, and it continues to be crazy. So. Wow. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Jeremy. Um well st- let's um say goodbye to the people yeah, and we'll, and we'll Yeah. And Kane. We should have, maybe we, we need an after show where we talk, talk about things that we uh, yeah, we can. yeah, and you have to pay three hundred dollars a month. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's like we have to not have careers doing anything. Just say we literally have to only be supported by the people on the Patreon <laughs> because our careers will be over. <laughs> All right, until next week, we love you. <laughs> bye, we love you. Bye. <laughs>